Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Everybody, welcome to another fantastic episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. I'm your host from the coast, your sage of the stage, William Powell. Welcome to the show tonight. My guest is actor and author Teo Penglis from General Hospital and All My Children, on which he plays bad guy supreme Tony DeMera. But before we get to Teo, let's hear a word from our sponsor tonight. Tonight was a good night. You fought well, and for that we have these fortunes. Some say that money is the root of all evil, but I don't believe that. 
evil is the root of all money, and you, my big friend, you are evil. I'm Marshall Everett, and I don't always make money. But as a member of Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, I always save money. Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, federally insured NCUA. Membership open to federal employees and their families. Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, a proud sponsor of the Inside Acting Radio Show. And if you'd like to advertise on the show, contact me at william400.com. And let me remind you that we're having our first annual Christmas special episode of this very show next Wednesday, December 16th at 9 p.m. So just call in, just chop up game, talk about acting, promote your projects, or just say hi. So the number is 347-884-8997, so that'll be next Wednesday. So Teo Penglis hails from Surrey Hills, New South Wales, Australia. And after starting his career on the stage show Jockeys, Teo went on to play supervillain Victor Cassidine on General Hospital in 1981 as part of Luke and Laura's Princess Saga. He played Nicholas Black in the 80s revival of Mission Impossible and eventually Tony DeMera in Days of Our Lives. Now, Teo was nominated for Outstanding Leading Actor at the Daytime Emmys in 2008, and he's written two books. The Journey of My Days, My Lives, and Seducing Celebrities One Meal at a Time, which he is here tonight to promote. And both books are available on Amazon.com. And you know, even actress Doris Roberts called him a true Renaissance man. And I see he's on the line, so let me bring him on in. Good evening, Taylor. Hey, how are you tonight? I'm fine, but you... um... Made a mistake in the beginning. It wasn't uh, all my children was days of our lives, which you then repeated no. later. That's my mom's favorite. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about that. So let's just plunge right in, man. So now you've written two books, Places, The Journeys of My Days, My Lives, and Seducing Celebrities, One Meal at a Time. So what led you to writing? Uh, well, I was going to do a show for Discovery Channel, called Mission Possible, about my journeys and the dangers I got into. And so um, we were ready to go in two weeks. They, we had a great producer. And then a new executive producer came in on Discovery and replaced everything. And I had all this information, and I thought, what will I do with it? And suddenly I thought, well, why don't I do a book? And, you know, I've been traveling for that many years, and, you know, I've just been to Egypt. I've been... 10 times in Egypt and many times in a lot of the Middle Eastern countries, which I would not go back now. I mean, I do miss Egypt, but yeah. Syria. And so um, there was a lot of story there, and I thought, well, I should put it somewhere. And I began writing it just as an idea. And then I remember someone saying, you make me feel that I'm taking the journey with you, which was the idea. And so um, that's what started me into the writing. And then when a publisher saw it, she said, and read it, and she liked the book very much, thought it had legs, and and that was it. And I thought, well, you know, I got a, I did a book. And then my, I met uh, a new manager last year. He said, why don't you do a cookbook, because you love to cook. And I said, oh, that would be boring. There's nothing worse than writing out recipes. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, and also the other thing is, um, I, I'm serious about my, uh, on the way I cook food. Uh, and I've cooked for many years for my friends and everything. But the thing that dawned on me was that most of it came out of my head. It wasn't some recipe book. So for yeah. me to write out 
producing celebrities. I had all those stories, and I have more, but I, I which I wrote in five months. But um, getting into my head and trying to recall how much salt and pepper was put into this dish was driving me crazy. Because everybody <laughs> has their own t- they like, you know. So I try to cook in a healthy way. I don't. Uh, I like spices. I don't use much salt. I like red pepper instead of black pepper. But uh, yeah, yeah, so that, that came about, and now my third one's popping up, and um, uh, it, it's um, it's a wonderful. I mean, you get to a stage in your life where you know you've been doing the acting, and um, but we have so many extensions to who we are, and because right. um, I, I, I see a lot of people. I don't know about you, William, but I see a lot of my friends and relatives who've got such potential and they won't tap into it. And I think the reason is because there's a great deal deal of fear of failing. Mm, and so, yeah, I agree. We're, you know what I mean? It's, so, yeah. it's, um, so that's why my brother's always uh, surprised about how I keep going. And he said, you're exhausting. And I, I, mean, I don't even have your life, but I find it exhausting. And he's a school <laughs> teacher. Um, I don't know. It's like, why did I leave Australia at a young age? And why did I go exploring the world of of showbiz? It wasn't the reason I came over. I did it because I wanted to get away from the identity of just being Greek in Australia, which wasn't particularly comfortable, and uh, came to America and saw such diversity. And that's how it all started. But, um, you know, are there any mistakes? I don't know. Maybe something we know underneath that we can't tap into um, in our subconscious that really has a plan for us and and by accident we think we discover it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know that uh, down there in Australia you, you know, used to eat exotic foods like octopus and things like this. So what's the key to being a great cook? Well, I think firstly you have to because uh, I learned cooking before I learned acting and a lot of other things. And I've been around people who cook things to death or didn't know much about flavorings. Um, but I think I think you have to understand, firstly, who you're cooking for. If not for yourself, you should know. So you cook for yourself. That gets you an understanding of what your tastes are like, what you like. And then you eat at restaurants and you compare. And, and then I started to think, what's in this dish that the... Chef, because, you know, if you ask a chef, could you tell me the recipe for this in a restaurant? They won't give it to you. So uh, I was in Cuba last year when I was doing the book, and, and I asked the, the chef, I said, could I have, I love the way you prepared this octopus. Could I have the the ingredients of way and the spices? He goes, no, I'm sorry, I can't give it a secret. I said, well, you know what, I'm doing a cookbook, and what I could say is that this is what I ate at this restaurant in Havana, and if it didn't work out, I'm sorry, but... So I'd rather you give me the ingredients so there will be no mistakes so that people won't think that this particular cuisine came from you. So I learned as I went along by being curious. I'm curious about yeah. color. You know, you look at when you go to a, a, a supermarket, say you go to Whole Foods or, or Vons or whatever, when you go in, I don't care. I watch people go for things they weren't meant to buy. The body, if you're in touch with it, will let, would lead you to the ingredients you want. 
and what's healthy for you. But we go into routines. You know, we 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 trip when we look at sugar or donuts or things like that that are bad for us, and we go there somehow because we know what that's going to taste like. It's going to give us a high, and it's going to depress us. But for me, the reason why I've had great longevity and my body's been so healthy on me, uh, for me, is that I learned what works for my body and what doesn't. I found out what I was allergic to, not too many things, but it's all about the education about how you react to food. And when you understand that, then you can do that for others. And that's how it was. I mean, I've had a lot of experience because I've been cooking for many, many years. Um, it's it's the one way I know of how to greet somebody or to entertain someone or to show someone my affection through the way I feed them. Because in some way, that's why I think the kind of food has always been seductive. I think that at the core yeah. of it, the aroma, the presentation, um, you know, it's always great when people... You look at and you see the way people start to eat the food you've cooked and you look at their responses. Usually the first response is, if they like it, right away they'll tell you. But if they're quiet, it always makes me dubious thinking, hmm. So now I ask people, are you <laughs> allergic to anything? Is there anything you don't like? Because there are some people, um, if they have seafood, could be sent to the hospital. So I think it's very important as a, as a person who's inviting friends or new people in your life for dinner is to ask them if they're allergic to anything. Uh, because too many times in the beginning, I had people come, oh, I can't touch that, it'll send me to the hospital. Or, oh, no, 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 oh, I, I, what is that? Yeah. So people get nervous about, as you said, octopus. Uh, finally, we're all catching up with the foods, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I don't always understand people's cuisines as far as more primitive. I don't. You know, like the Australian Aboriginal that eats those 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 grubs or those insects that they pull out of the ground and they're all very custard-like and they eat those raw or, or eating the snake or eating that kind of animal. I, I, I'm not, that doesn't appeal to me. Crocodile, yeah, me they've got them in hamburgers. I mean, how do you want to eat a crocodile? I mean, it's just repulsive. So for me, it's, <laughs> it's important to understand uh, how something looks that the ingredients are not going to be so strange yet that your person's uh, or your friend's uh, palate is going to be threatened in some way. So, uh, But for me, I learned to cook because it was, in a way, a way I chose that I could show somebody how, what I feel about them. Yeah, and I know you've cooked for celebrities. Like, like for example, what do you cook for George Clooney? Well, I think because, you know, he likes Italy a lot. He has uh, his big house. I mean, he lives here too, but he's got a big house in in Lake Cuomo. So for yeah. him, I thought, I'm sure he likes Italian. I mean, it's, it's got to be Italian. So that's why I thought about Bronzino, the fish Bronzino, and serving it whole and grilling it with olive oil and herbs de Provence and, and, lem and lemon juice and just keep doing that and grilling it, but making sure in the way you cook fish is that I always put water at the bottom of the pan so when you're grilling, when, when you're, say, broiling the fish, um, the skin is being cooked crisp and the moisture of the water, the steam going through, keeps the fish from drying out and keeps it moist. So it's those little things that you learn along the way. Same thing I do with Cornish hens, but 
that's what I would cook for him. Uh, and that's why I think I wrote uh, that dish for him. Uh, I mean, I had to do 75 recipes all in all. But, um, yeah, I, 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 some people I have cooked in the book and some who I hadn't, like Jacqueline Kennedy. But that's why I wrote about why I think she married Onassis and went Greek, that she would like probably this kind of Greek cuisine. And that's what I did. Hmm. And Jackie O, what were some of her favorite dishes? Um, I know she liked the dessert curambiedes, which is the Greek shortbread. I also know, which is nothing about food, but it tells you about her Greek taste, is that there is a poem called Ithaca that was written by a Greek poet called Kavafi, who lived in Alexandria and in 19, died in 1932. Great poet. But she chose mm-hmm. that poem, that poem, to be read at her funeral. So I think, in many ways, and the way she was so so involved with talking to me, as young as I was at the time, was because the Greek heritage was something she was interested in. She loved the history. Um, she loved sculpture. She liked art anyway, and she also talked about you know how much uh, of the of the greek writers she liked the ancient historians the ancient philosophers so you know she was yeah. a worldly woman you know she was she was a great 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 lady and uh immaculate you know i mean she looked like if when she sat down there was nothing to criticize right that's how how good she was with her persona you know those are the things we learn you know as we especially as actors in the way you want to present someone, you know. I mean, I do that too, in a way. Uh, I dress in a certain way that there won't be any criticism. There always is. But <laughs> as far as I'm less, <laughs> there's less. You know, someone's always going to find something wrong. Of course, of course. Nobody's perfect. So did you ever cook for uh, Chuck, Chuck Heston? No. Uh, for Chuck, you know, my story with him was always very special because he was my hero when I was a, a very young teenager when I saw him in Ben-Hur. And I loved those heroic ancient saddle movies uh, growing up. They kind of gave you the spectacular that wasn't in your life. So you'd go there and dream looking at those images. But with him, uh, I always that move, that movie always... As many times as I've seen it, uh, it just reminded me of something about my beginnings. So that when I saw him in New York, walking across Fifth Avenue, I thought, oh, my God, it's been her. I mean, I was 20 years old. and So I followed him. I, I'd never sort of – I've been a few stars in my life, but at that stage I had – I followed to watch how he really walked. I was interested in his gait. Little did I know I was preparing myself for as to be an actor because I was interested in studying behavior because I thought yeah. that would give you information that sometimes people who, who are not being verbal with you, you can study by their physical behavior what it is they're, they're expressing. So um, that's what I did. I mean, even Jacqueline Kennedy, I studied her behavior because I thought she was what made her such a true lady in the way she sat and the, her posture and her tone. Uh, was that it was like, to me, uh, an American masterpiece. She was that attractive, I felt. I just, the whole package was uh, perfect. And so um, I suppose that's why Kennedy married her. 
She had all those qualities. Yeah. So stick with her for over an hour and talk about Chinese sculpture. Um, and then uh, calling me back three weeks later and buying a, the head of a sculpture uh, from the second century BC. Um, my boss couldn't believe it because he missed out on talking to her. And I did the sale, and I was only 20. I mean, I was just an apprentice. Who was I? Yeah. So anyway, to well, your long, yeah. long-winded answer to your question. Yeah. Well, she sounded very cultured. You know, she knew all about Plato and Aristotle and this mm-hmm. rich history, you know, over there in Greece. Amazing. Yeah, oh, I mean, right. I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, it's just that, you know, I've seen, I've read many stories about, because I was playing on NASA's, experimenting with playing on NASA's and in workshop. And um, so the whole thing about meeting her, I found that to be interesting um, because when I met her, she was on her way. Yeah. I didn't know at the time, but I read about it in the paper that she was on her way to marry on NASA's. And, um, you know, it was, he was quite something. Uh, his history is kind of interesting. It's like you know, it's like the Beauty and the Beast. Not to say that he was an ugly man, <laughs> but uh, I think you know, a movie. <laughs> yeah, I there's think nothing. A movie but what he had out. was uh, he had great character. He yeah. came from a great character. He knew it. And you know, there's something about having when you're broke or you're you have you're that poor. And he found himself in South America, where he realized yeah. that he bought himself a tuxedo, Onassis, so that he could go to the clubs at night, uh-huh. because because during the day he he worked as a person who answered phones, so at night he would wear his only tuxedo, and he would take his cigarette and and buy just one drink. That's all he could afford, but he looked like he was great wealth. Another actor hmm. that was so when he did that, and the way he became started to become wealthy is he noticed that women were smoking, and he never thought the cigarettes looked attractive enough. So he had this hmm. idea that it would be big business if he connected with Turkey, where a lot of the tobacco was coming from, and he could make his own cigarettes. And that's how he started making his fortune by being in a hmm. club and watching people smoke. He thought about making his own line of cigarettes and he started to become wealthy i mean he was just he was a great opportunist and i mean that in the best sense because you know being a success i don't care i mean a lot of people um i've seen it in my industry but a lot of people don't care who they step on to get there but you see i uh, it was never that important to me it just came because it was a way of of um, making enough money so i can travel, that was my big dream, and explore the world and educate myself and where I, I couldn't choose the subjects I wanted at school, I had to it, I had to adjust to the school uh, method and so in, in Sydney, and so um, I found the best education I had was the one I gave myself. Because that was Exactly. True, you know. Exactly. Uh, we have some questions, uh, some written, and then I see the, the, the switchboards are light, lighting up here, so... Uh, we have a fan, Shamika Barrett had a question. She she says, uh, how was your preparation different from the soaps versus your time on Mission Impossible 2? 
Well, the huge difference, it's a whole different understanding of the craft. When you did when I did mission impossible, um we would do maybe three pages a day. With mission, you know, we're shooting eighty pages a day. Sometimes we do two shows. Sometimes you mm. you do three So the difference in it is that the other one you have more preparation, but it's longer in the wait because of the way they shoot. But at least you know your dialogue, and and you can leave that alone. But in daytime, I don't care who it is. Uh, there are, women are much better remembering lines. I don't know why, but much better remembering lines than men are. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, um, but I found that. I didn't find that easy, easy because part of me was bored with the idea of learning lines. So I decided to uh, break it down and make it interesting. But when you're doing that many shows, you're still on the edge with the lines. The fact that it comes out in one take where we're at these days um, and people are still watching us, it shows how much they can push you. I don't know how much further we can go, but I think this is really at the edge. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta ask you: Are you a visual learner when it comes to lines, or an audio learner? Are you one of those guys that's like a little iPod, or is it just like all about uh, your imagination and pictures? Uh, no, to me, it's language. The language gives huh. me a picture. If there, if I find a line is hard to learn, there are two. There, there could be a possibility of two reasons. One, it's badly written. Or the other is there's a word in the sentence you don't understand. Yeah. So uh, I don't care, you know, does it get easier? No. But the thing is, you do so much dialogue that I can't even remember what I did yesterday. (laughs) Because it's... So, um, you know, I was trying to learn lines today, and uh, I'm looking, and they've... I, I get passages, and the actor, other actor gets a line. Passages, and the other actor gets a line, or maybe two. <laughs> I'm going, this is really a four-page monologue. Yep. So yep. when you do it, well, and they go, five, four, three, two, you better be on top of it. They yeah, love absolutely. you, saving the money, and you're making them look good, hopefully. And you bring some humor in there. You've got to have yeah. the humor. So and part of it is the fact that I feel blessed I'm working as an actor in this day and age. That yeah. I give thanks. That I say, I think, you know, I feel blessed. And when you're given the opportunity, you must do it as well as you can. I, I, when people start, I can see some, I see people in other shows that I've been and seen that they, they have a tendency to be on automatic, that it becomes mm. routine as part of like a woman putting on her makeup. It just becomes part of her idea of having to look attractive. The same thing. You go on, you kind of know your lines, but how well do you understand the language? And I mentioned the language because one of the things I had that, that was an education for me that I didn't know was that Sherry Anderson, who was the head writer for Days of Our Lives, and I became pals, and we wrote together. What she taught me was that there is, gravitas to the language that you're saying when you write you are looking for meaning to put words together then when i went back to acting suddenly 
there was more meaning in the words and how I said them because I didn't realize how little I took time to understand language. And writing will do that for you. So I'm kind of blessed. Mm. And that's why I dedicated the book of Seducing Celebrities. Um, I, I dedicated it to Sherry Anderson because she taught me the meaning of the word. Hmm. Yeah. And what did you learn from uh, your great teacher, uh, Milton Kitsellis? To be on time. I learned um, <laughs> um, not um, not presenting if you're not ready. Um, yeah. He taught me how to think on my own two feet. He taught me about my insecurities with my children, and if I nurtured them, they'd become my assets in life. I learned from him um, to enjoy every aspect that goes into a play, from the design to the costumes to the language to the direction. Um, he taught me a lot. He also encouraged me about the cooking, because I would cook for him because I would I was his assistant, and so we would go to different places in that, in, in America and doing the play, and, and I, he would want, he'd come, say, why don't you cook something? He always liked that. I think Milton liked the homebody. I think also he appreciated his mother that way because she was a great cook. And so, yeah, I learned from him what, what worked and what didn't. I, not everything I did. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I got a couple more questions here written, and then we're going to hit the switchboard. Uh, we got people calling in. So, have you incorporated? Uh, this question is from uh, Samika Berry. She says, "Have you incorporated any part of your personality or personal hobbies in, into any of your various roles?" That question. Hello. Okay, let's see what we got here. Hello? Did you lose her? Oh, I got you. You're back. Uh, okay, so we had a question here from uh, well, a fan. So she was saying, uh, have you incorporated any part of your personality or uh, hobbies into any of your various roles? Yeah, I heard that. I was saying that you have to, because that's how you learn. Uh, acting is about life. So you have to make it as interesting and as personal as possible. You have to get, otherwise people will, you know, people get a, fa a phony. They'll get a, a like They may not be able to know, but they'll just say, oh, I don't like that, or I don't like him, or I don't like this scene, or whatever. But, um, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 that's the reason I observed. I looked at other people in life. And, and store that information myself so that when I needed it, I had a library of behavior and sounds. So all those things, but absolutely to your question. Yes, yes. Okay, so we have uh, number 207. Uh, he or she has been holding on now for almost four to four minutes. Let me see if she has a question. Okay, hold on a second. It's hourglassing. Just give me a second here. 
There's uh, old technology here. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, you're on the air. Okay, uh, good evening. You're on the air. You have a question. I do, and hello, Tao. How are you? Who is this? All right. Kelly Sweeney from York, Maine. Oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, my friend? I'm good. God, it's been a while since we've spoken, but no, I'm it, it has good. been a while. It's it has been a while. I stayed up past my bedtime just to speak to you. Oh, my God! <laughs> Very kind. Oh, Thank- and there's my dog Bubbles barking in the background. Um, I just wanted to say I am so delightfully thrilled with you back on Days of Our Lives. You are killing it as Andre. You know, I see people who say, oh, you know, I wish Tony was back. I, w- I wish whatever. You are just doing a magnificent job. And and I want you to know, I mean, it, it's the only reason I tune in. You know that. Um, and, and I'm so proud of you. And, and well, I tell you that. I know. It's not always, you know, when you're playing a villain, it's a very difficult. I don't think people realize how difficult it is. You know, if I just twirled my mustache and played it as it was written, I would right. be a hated person. Well, <laughs> yes. The reason I yep. try to find the humor in the character is that so the audience knows that part of me is playing, and I really enjoyed playing that character. Mm-hmm. It's just they start telling me about storyline and why are you doing this to them. Then it stops there for me. I lose interest because then I say to them, you know what, I don't write this. I'm just the actor playing it. Exactly, yep. Write to me about a storyline and why am I doing something. They have to understand how. I don't know. They get so involved in in the story that they think it's life because they see it on a daily basis. I know it. I agree. (laughs) I agree with you. It becomes illogical sometimes when people start, you know, the thing is, there's got to be a villain. If you don't have a villain, you don't have a hero. Exactly. So, you know, and so you are the villain the and the hero. Come on, Taylor, let's call it what it is. <laughs> You're the villain yeah. and the hero. Yeah, I mean, we're not all going to Disneyland, you know. Life is life. <laughs> I mean, if you really turn on the news, I'm a lovely person cons- compared to some of those leaders. Oh, you yeah. are beyond lovely, Yes. Yes, you are. But, you know, it, it's like I'm just getting such a charge out of you. You know, I try to comment in all the groups and everything that's on, on Facebook or Twitter. You are just, I mean, Andre being back, you know, people saying, well, I wish it was Tony. You have brought this special thing back with Andre, and I'm just digging it. I, I, I love it. It, it is, you're doing such a wonderful job. I'm, I'm so proud of you. I really am. Uh- yeah, the the thing is to enjoy him. There are things sometimes like what they saw this week. I knew it would throw them. I, I remember writing something on Twitter saying, oh, my God, please forgive Andre. It was because right. of what's happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, yep. it's what what's going on this week. And um, right away, they just see poor Chad in that chair. <laughs> I can, I, yeah, well, you know. I really squirmed. I shouldn't let this out, but I squirmed when I had to do those scenes because it took everything I had to make it as believable that I would even put someone in the chair and do what I was doing. 
And so I just went, you know what? I'm supposed to make this as convincing as possible. And sure, yeah. To enjoy it. And and also Billy Flynn is, is a lovely actor to work with. We have a good relationship and a fun relationship. So, uh, Oh, yes. You you both are spectacular. I love the, the things you put on Twitter. And, and it's like I, I laugh out loud. I, I kid you not. I belly <laughs> laugh out loud. That, you know, okay, this is Chad. This is Chad trying to be, you know, me. No, 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 no. He's just the young one. He doesn't get it. And you get all these, you know, animations and things. And it is like, I, I just adore it. I, I, I do. And all the, your your fans, I see it. Everybody adores it. And, and and I guess what I want to say is, like, thank you for taking all the time for your fans because, you know, it, it, it just, it makes our day. And and you put yourself out there every single day, and I appreciate that. I do, I do. Um, uh, thank you, Kelly. Um, I think part of all of that is, you know, in my early career was going to be a diplomat. Um, I think I met so many people from so many different countries when I was uh, working for immigration, and mm-hmm. I was an operations officer when I was from 18 to 21. And then I came to America. But in those three years, I met thousands of people, giving them permanent status in Australia. So I think in many ways um, the social media is is that part of me that wants to share things with human beings because yes. it brings it, – it's not a – I'm not looking at, and giving you special – information what i'm doing is being a human being with other human beings and just um, sharing our ideas or or what it is we're doing um certainly the people who watch the show come on board for that reason but then they discover you hopefully as a human being and then they enjoy that aspect of it to share um you can't do it with everybody and then you see people and the way they behave it was a wake-up thing because when i was on days of our lives before when I finished in 2009, I wasn't on social media. It was just beginning, really. So sure, I yeah. didn't later. So uh, it's it's always shocking to me how, how people can turn. But then I see I'm getting upset with people's comments these days. I, I you know what I I know I shouldn't talk, I sh- I know I shouldn't talk politically, uh, but uh, yeah. I, I just get. You know, from where I come from, because I think it's the wrong message. When when we when we're young people, we we we're taught to respect our elders and you mm-hmm. know uncles, all the So that you understand the the family line, and and um, because you get there eventually, and you know how to then turn around and do the same that you were taught. Um, right. But when people insult the president, I can't understand it this way. This is the. There are just so many things that go, come out of people's heads that I think they're so badly um, read. Yeah, it's terrible. They don't. You know, what they say about yeah. our president is just shocking to me. I thought, okay, that's fine, but you're, that's right. the world is seeing this. Right. That's right. I couldn't agree that's more. Right. I could not agree more. That's yeah. right. Okay, we're going to have to move on. We have a lot of other people calling in. Okay, yeah, I don't want to take up Teo's time because he's got a whole list of people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Um, we're going to try to quickly get through these. So thanks for calling. Teo, you have an awesome evening, and I want to wish you a very special happy birthday, okay? Thank you, man. Thank you very much. My very pleasure. You take care. Okay, love you. Bye-bye. Right. 
Okay. And we have another caller here. Uh, let's see. Number 909. Let me see if I can bring him on in. Uh, okay, here we go. Hello, you're on the air. Who's calling? Me? Yeah. Who's on the air? I'm Arlene. Oh, oh, oh hi. Thanks for calling. Yeah. You have a question. How are you? Very well. So did did you call to ask me a question? Yes. Um, have you thought about having a line of men's clothes with your label in it? Uh, you know, I presented that idea in the 80s, and um, it was not picked up by certain producers. Um, no one was doing that at the time. And um, But, you know, right now we're looking at food, particular foods that I want to present on 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 QVC and then see where we expand. But I like the food because it's something that you feel responsible for, uh, teaching people how to eat properly or understand what it is they're eating, you know. And, yeah. and stopping guys from having their pants down to show their underwear. What was that? <laughs> is, is that one of your sense of humor? You are, you do have a wacky sense of humor. You know, all these young it's boys. It's a Prison chic to show their underwear and think that'll get the girl for them. Yeah, well, that's not something I, I particularly. Uh, I just if you if you really knew where that particular idea or that image came from, came yes, from out prison. of yeah. So anyway, um, and so then, what did you cook? We never knew what. At least I didn't hear. What did you cook for your friend on Thanksgiving? Well, I did the usual. I did my turkey and I did my stuffing that she likes. I do it with, I do the stuffing with, um, with uh, a lot of uh, fruit in it, papaya uh-huh. and banana and coconut, and um, and shaky mushrooms and and uh, and so I, I I did that as the stuffing. I did the cranberries, which I like then to shave the. The orange and the lemon grind over it and give, make it come out like a cake. I really thicken it so that when you turn it upside down, it becomes a, a cake. And therefore, I shave it. Uh huh. And so then, if you have the clothing line, will there be articles that women could buy that would be part of your line, just like uh, the singer Teddy Pendergrass had some teddy bear jeans that all his female fans bought. So, what article would you make for your female fans? T-shirt or pants? No, I would address. Oh, bright colors. Yeah. I don't. I didn't know. get to have any fun with you at the at the uh, city walk, but I was glad to see you anyway. Oh, thank you. Yes, it was nice to see you too. Um, no, I just if you look at at those walks that uh, models do, uh, there's something very sensual about that. Mm. The fabric's very central. I mean, I was in the fashion business when I was in my mid-twenties for Melodondra in New York, so um, I like both lines. I like menswear and women's wear. I just I just love, you know, what clothes do to people when I know and how I to wear And I have to say, you're the best-dressed man in daytime. You always have been. Oh, thank you. No, <laughs> I, Thank and I, I want to wish you a happy birthday, and I'd like to send you some. Should I send it to NBC? Yeah, you know, because I'm going to be away. 
Oh, um, should I wait till the new year? Yeah, uh, this is not a time to talk about those things. Send me a message, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you and give you a secret message. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at work, so right, have Arlie. a fun-filled night. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye-bye, love. <laughs> okay, Teo, this question is from uh, Alan McLaren. He says, uh, does oh, Teo yeah. know how to... Yeah, does Teo know how to uh, fence with swords? Do I know how to fence a sword? Yeah, it says you fence on the show. Yeah, well, I've done that three times. The worst one was the one where I had to fence myself when I was playing my double. But um, And then I had to soap, uh, then on the soap with John Black, the character John Black, I did a fencing thing. Yeah, um, yeah, I have... Uh, it's 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 a wonderful sport, but um, my left eye is not what it is because of an accident I had when I was a kid. So it's very difficult for me to see on the left side. So um, it was it was a you know it's not the reason why we have we see out of two eyes, but you know it's just like playing tennis. You know your eyes have really got to be able to see everything around you. So. Um, that's all I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got one more fan question, and then uh, a couple more after that, and then we'll just wrap up. Um, Carla Camley Cannon says, "When are you going to do a book tour down in Mississippi?" Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I go where they ask me to go. Um, you know, I've been doing the 50th anniversary book for Days of Our Lives. Um, so now they're going to begin to see, bring my book into focus. So I don't know where it is I'll be going. I'm, I'm looking also at QVC to sell certain products that I want to present um, that I do and and the book as well. So, uh, you know, I, I know it'll be a way of introducing the book to a wider audience, but at the same time, I like the book signing because it's personal, not just me signing right. for anybody's. So I don't know yet, but when I do, I'll let you know. All right. Okay, so I'm going to jump back quickly to books. Uh, what what was your process for writing your books? I mean, what was your schedule? Um, well, it was different. When I did the first book, I traveled in my mind because I had to recall all those journeys. But I enjoyed it because... Um, and I couldn't wait to tell the story. I, I remember something that I didn't, I forgot to mention. It's amazing what information that is stacked down there in your subconscious. So when you start to tap into it, it starts to surface at different times. So my schedule, uh, you know, there were times where I sat in front of the typewriter, for two, for typewriter, God, typewriter, in front of the computer, and I suddenly realized that I'd been staring at it for two hours and still hadn't gotten anywhere. Whereas in other times, you know, it's a way you get into the door of your of that particular day's story. Sometimes that door doesn't open as quickly as you'd like it to. The ideas get stale. So, you know, you learn how to to trade it in for something else and come back to it. But the second book uh, was tougher because of the uh, ingredients, as I said before. But um, it varies. But I don't like writing at night anymore. I like to write when I, in the late morning till... Through the afternoon, I enjoy that. 
That's my favorite time. All right. Okay, we're going to jump back into time and talk a little bit about General Hospital. So talk about the read to get that role. I mean, how you auditioned, how you, you came to get that role, and what some of you're the inspirations about, you drew on. Yeah, Victor and, Cassidy. You're talking about the Cassidy on GH? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was uh, when I first went up for the part, um, they gave it to somebody else. Um, Andre Lanzat was the actor who played. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John Colicos was the Canadian actor, Shakespearean actor. Wonderful. Oh, yeah, he's a great one. But he yeah. came into it. And then uh, when they started to write story, they realized that the character of Andre, the actor playing him, of 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 Tony uh, Cassidyne, was that he wasn't strong enough to fight his elder brother. So the chemistry wasn't great. They, so they decided they should bring somebody else who was the younger of the three who would bring in the, who would have his own sense of power. So Gloria Monte remembered me from my audition because of my accent as well, and she brought me in. And she really took a chance because... I mean, I was fine in the beginning, but that's how it happened. And um, and out of all of those actors uh, that summer, uh, I was the only one who wasn't killed off. There were 30 actors hired that summer. So I survived. I don't think there have been too many times in my life where I've been that lucky. But I survived, and they wanted me to stay. And then Days approached me, and I went with Days. And... Um, I just didn't want to wait around yeah. anymore. They kept waiting. So anyway, yeah. So that's how I got it, and uh, I had a, it was a wonderful experience that summer. It was right after we were in that strike, and so that's why I took daytime. I'd been doing movies, and that's why I took went into daytime, and that's how I ended up staying in daytime, because I liked the idea that I was working every day with a with a group of people that were becoming a family. Exactly. Exactly, steady paycheck. But, you know, I, I actually remember that. That was back in the day. I think it was 81. I was about 14. This is pre-table and all this kind of thing. And I remember it, it was kind of like a Bond, kind of like a James Bond kind of story. I mean, did you find yourself drawing on, like, like Bond villains for that role? For which role? For GH? Uh, yeah. Or Days? Uh, uh, GH, for GH. Well, you know, when you're playing a villain, if you're playing a villain, you don't think he's, you're a villain. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to let the opponent win. How, what you do is this is the way you understand and how, this is the way you think you're going to win. Because let's yeah. face it, <clears throat> there aren't too many people who are successful in life because they became priests. Yeah. There's a certain personality to a man who's made a lot of money. Greed is one. But then you've got other people that you're seeing who are billion, billion, billionaires who are giving away their money and putting it in the right place. So that, that to me, is the, the great people of this world who, who got so much out of it that they had to put it back in. And I think... Um, you know, when I'm playing a character who's powerful, um, 
you have to be ruthless in a certain way, but I don't think I'm being terrible. Otherwise, the role wouldn't work, and you wouldn't believe me, and the authority wouldn't come across. So you must yeah. believe what it is you're saying. And, uh, you know, when I was on Twitter, before I was answering some things on Twitter, and people were saying, because of what I'm doing to my brother next week, damn you. And I'm thinking, what a terrible thing to say. But they're saying it to the character, but they're saying it to me. Mm-hmm. So they can't always differentiate between the two. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so we're just about wrapped up. I just have a couple more things I want to hit. Uh, so you recently participated in celebrating 50 years of day, uh, Days of Our Lives. And going around the country now, it, it, the question kind of popped in my head, does anybody ever try to compare you to that other fictional strongman, Victor Newman on YNR? No. Now, he's a, you know, I'm more European. He's more, not to say it's not European, his background, but he's more Germanic. They're, they don't reveal as much, nor are they very passionate. I come from a world that has hot blood. Yeah. You know, we, you know we're passionate about things. That's why we make good lovers. <laughs> more Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. All right. Okay, so we're going to talk about your traveling. So you were, you're a traveling man. So you were like Middle East. I mean, the Syrians, I think, thought you were a spy. You were Egypt ten times. Yeah, I love Jordan. I've done Jordan quite a few times. No matter where I went, I realized one day when I looked at this, there wasn't a time where I wasn't somehow questioned, taken aside, or threatened. Hmm. So, I saw it when I was in Egypt first, where they tried to entrap you in the museum. Um, mm. And then try to get out of it. I know somebody who got entrapped, stupid thing, took a piece of art and paid a few dollars for it, thinking, oh, wow, I just did a great deal. And when he went outside, the person who sold it already told the guys in the front, and they grab you, they take the piece back, and they find you, they make money from it. And the cycle continues. And so I learned that by observing. Because when you're on your own, they see you as being vulnerable. And so, yeah. um, so in all those places, I mean, in Syria, secret police following me even up to my dressing room, up to my hotel room. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it was, it's quite an adventure. I mean, even in Israel, where they thought I was a terrorist, um, I was surrounded by the Mossad agents, and um, I, I kind of laughed at them, and they were so serious. You know, Mossad is very powerful, and I love their stories. But the way they flashed their badge, and they thought they caught one. And I'm looking at them, and I'm thinking, oh, I know, guys, you've seen me on some wanted list, you think. But what it is, is in your subconscious, somehow you've watched Days of Our Lives. <laughs> they look at me, and they get shocked and then embarrassed. So they go from being <laughs> to stunned to collapse. They cannot believe it. <laughs> know anything about Mossad oh. agents or Middle Eastern guys, but you got to be, you can't push it. Can't oh, push it. Yeah. They try to do that to me in, in the museum, and, and they... And the, there was secret police, and, and um, 
they told me that they were they were talking to me about uh they said, oh, we why don't we go up to your hotel room and and uh, talk about life and I said, What for? And he was following me around, <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm thinking, Why is he being so friendly? What does he want? Oh, you know, you know, we can we can talk you can tell me you're from and we can you know, get to know each other. I said, But why? I kept asking why, because I looked at that person up and I have no interest at all. But the, I don't know, they, the thing about them is they thought they were so great, they don't realize that as an actor, you pick it up. You pick uh-huh. up behavior. You pick up where the truth, you pick up the voice, you pick up the way the body moves. You, the thing that trips them is their ego. Huh. And so you you play this con game they're presenting to you and, you, and have them out of it. And when you dismiss them, they are furious because they can't arrest you. What are they going to arrest you on? You haven't done anything. They're trying to entice you. So you learn. That's part of the education, and it's been a great education. Yeah. I don't think there's a better yeah. than traveling. Yeah, absolutely. It expands your mind. So I know you did uh, the play uh, class uh, with... Uh, Heather uh, Matarazzo, any any plans to get back on stage? I did a one-man show this past year on my book, Places. I told them six stories live on stage with images. And I, with with a wonderful uh, female director, Terry Hanauer, uh, we created this thing on stage with a certain music and it was fantastic uh, I forgot what it was like and I forgot what it happened what was great about it is I keep looking for the humor in things and I found humor in my stories so they weren't all so they didn't come up as being you know educational I want them to enjoy I, I want to take them on a journey that I took and tell them the story so they feel they're there so you have to paint images with words, by actions, or whatever, but that's how you you entice people. You give them something they weren't expecting, or they didn't know, or they hadn't seen, and that right. is part of the that's part of the seduction. Absolutely. Anyway, so Absolutely. any more questions? Okay, yeah. So um, I had uh, I wanted you to put out there again one more time uh, where you, people can find your books, but if you have time, if you have like two more minutes, let's be more person wants to talk to you. Uh, they're at nine four one. So, uh, if you don't mind, I think I'll bring them on in, and we can just quickly get to them, and then we'll be wrapped up in about five minutes. So let me bring them on in right quick. Hello, good evening. You have a question. Who's calling? Hey, this is Jan. Well, hello, Mr. T. How is my favorite Greek tonight? Hello. 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 Did we lose him? We might have lost him. He fainted. He swooned. (laughs) Cheo, are you still there? Oh no. I think think we wore. I think we wore him out. I. I Hello. 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 We almost wore you out, man. Hold on. Jan, do you have a question? Uh, yes. Hello, Mr. T. How is my favorite Greek tonight? Have you? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. 
I uh, made you swoon, didn't I? Well, I could say yes. Yes, you could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the last little soap opera star. Wow, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> Is this an ouzo or a tequila night? You know what? I, I'm having some red wine. Oh, that's a different one. Are you yeah. enjoying yourself? Yes, I, I, I listen. I, I like it when somebody asks me questions that I haven't answered before. I do too. You know what I mean? It gives new information to people who follow you, or you have new information that you haven't tapped into. It does. So, we get to see a little bit more serious side of you. I know I learned things tonight that I did not know before. Yeah, do you, can you believe that people on Twitter are actually saying, damn you, Andre? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I've been watching it all day. I'm like, just, it's hilarious. <laughs> I'd say it's funny. It's funny they take it serious. Oh, Thank God my. I put the money. But I, I, did, I did so love the Donald Trump question. That was perfect. <laughs> That was good, wasn't <laughs> <laughs> And I wish you could. Oh, I wish oh, I, you could. The fact that I said I'd give him a crew cut first. Yes, that was perfect. <laughs> the first thing I would do oh, before okay. I'd... And I he needs it. Oh, am I, am I wrapping up? I'm sorry. Um, I don't yeah, really have Jan, a question. I, I think we... Yeah, I just wanted, we to, I wanted to hear that lovely laugh. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> thank you, honey. Thanks for calling, Jan. Oh, thank, right, thank you, and thank you, Teo, for taking my call. All right, sweetie. Thank you, love. Have a wonderful okay. night. Bye-bye. All right. So, Teo, put out there, uh, you know, how fans can keep up with you, how they can find the book, and uh, anything else you want to wrap up with? No, I, uh, all I can say is I, I like my, my first book, Places, because um, they were uh, lifetime journeys, and I never went for the ordinary. Um, and the stories with the people that crossed my path one way or the other, um, the second book, Seducing Celebrities, uh, to me, uh, that book is about um, everything that you should know about how presentation with to seduce somebody, and hmm. even yourself. I really believe that we first, really should seduce ourselves. I don't think people are kind enough to each other. And yeah. and I just want to do things on a daily basis, a daily basis, do things for yourself that nobody else does for you and and have some happiness with it. Because I think there's a lot of people out there who are angry and insecure, but they don't realize that they're not giving themselves first. They're looking for approval. So I think that it would be great if those People, and we're all part of a learning process, um, give themselves back. Do something kind. Be kind to themselves, you know? Um, and then I think it changes. So um, that's what I want to say. And and the stories of seducing celebrity, um, you'll know from the first chapter, which is called In the Beginning, um, my story about my parents and how food came out of that experience. And what I did with it, and um, hmm. I, I, you know, I think I'm proud of the books. I think they're great. And so, if people want to have diversity, they can read one or the other. But 
you know, the, the show business stories of the people that I would present food with um, are interesting people. The experiences are really interesting. You know, they're not ordinary. And um, so that's all. But thank you. Yes, yes. And do you have a personal motto? Do I have a personal motto? I think, you know, we, we spend a lifetime of, of, of trying to find out. Um, we, it's like people who, who, when they start getting into their 50s and their 60s, they start to become healthy. You know, they weren't kind to their bodies themselves earlier on. But as they get older, they go, oh, my God, I've got to sorely, oh, I've got to be healthy, I've got to do this. My thing to everybody is today is long enough. You don't wait until tomorrow or the next day. You get onto it right away, and that is what is the best thing for yourself. Because when you have a satisfied person, a satisfied self, you want to give it to others. You know, the people who are just taking, taking, taking are the ones who are not satisfied. The ones who are kind are satisfied. That's what they give of themselves to you. But people don't. They just they think they're missing out. They want. We don't all have to be stars and superstars and megastars. I just think, you know, if what you're doing is something that makes a difference, then go ahead and do it. And if it interests you and... and and you feel it's part of where you need to be, then do it. But don't don't find out when you're 60. Well, tell you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. You've been a fantastic guest. Uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to you, and uh, break legs and all you do. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for coming on board. Bye bye. Absolutely. Good night. Good night. Good night. And let me leave you with this quote from Morgan Freeman. Acting means living. It's all I do and all I'm good at. If I weren't getting paid well, I would still be in a small troop somewhere. Good night.